0: Hello, and welcome to Cornerstone's High School Ministry Podcast. This message, given by Kyle Baker, is the second message in our God Can You Hear Me series, and deals with being one in community devoted to God's plan through prayer. So, we are on this series about prayer, and uh, I'm really excited about prayer. One, because I'm pretty bad at it, to be honest. Even as a pastor, I suck at prayer. I'm just going to be totally honest with you. Most Christians kind of suck at prayer. Sorry about that. We just we just do. The, our our version of prayer is around mealtimes and when we need something, and that's all it is. And the Bible, especially Jesus, has much more to say about prayer than those two things. In fact, we're going to look at a very long prayer. It's going to be one of the longest scriptures I've read to you in a while, and it's all just Jesus's words. And I think he tells us a couple things importantly in there, but he centers on one thing, and we're going to talk about that today. But this aspect of prayer, and I'm just going to talk to you about a little about the things that I did when I was growing up and how I thought about prayer. So I made a list, some of the things I thought about when I was praying. And again, most of the time I was an atheist when this happened, so some of them were kind of mean. And then when I was a Christian, some of these kind of stayed there because no one really taught me how to pray in church. And even though I read how to pray in the Bible, like it just didn't make sense to me and I didn't know why to do it. So here are some of the questions I asked myself. You know, what if I don't say the right words? I think of prayer as a conversation now, but at the time, I didn't know what to say to God. What do you say? It's like, what do you get the guy who has everything? You know, what do you say to God who knows everything? You know, what could you possibly say that he doesn't always know? So for me, I was always paralyzed. If the Christians are right and God knows everything already, why waste my breath? So I didn't know what to say to God. Uh, What if I don't do the right gestures? Like I was always afraid of like doing like the wrong thing or accidentally putting my fingers down like flipping God off in the middle of a prayer. I was always just like, oh gosh, or like doing the peace sign or something like that. Like, and I searched the Bible and there's not much to say about that. Like, there's not really a tradition of like how to pray. That there's lots of times I've prayed on a motorcycle. You know, I've prayed on. I didn't close my eyes. Don't worry, I'm still standing here. I have prayed and closed my eyes in a car. That was pretty fun one time. That was exciting. That was exciting prayer. It was great. It was very scary. I'm not going to lie. Um, what if I don't do the right mannerisms towards God? Is there a way that like is better than others? Like, like when you're playing a sport, like there's some sort of form that's better when you're playing a sport, like whether you're shooting a jump shot, shot or throwing a baseball or something like that. Is there a better way? Is there a better posture that signals to God that uh, I want to meet with him? And so I was worried about that sort of stuff. What if God's offended about what I say? Because to be quite honest, I'm not always happy with God. If you are, great. But even as a pastor now, there are times when I'm quite angry at God. He doesn't give me what I want. He doesn't seem to be there when I need him to be. Or it's just he does something and I don't understand or agree with him. And even as a pastor, a lot of the times I do not agree with what God does. But it's not his problem, it's mine. And so a lot of the times uh, I'm, I'm worried about what I say to God and I'm worried about my attitude because... I don't know what to say, I don't know how to do it, and I'm worried about if I will offend God. And to be honest, some of the times I've had the best prayer time with God is when I'm yelling at Him. Now, it's not good to yell at the God of the universe. I totally get that. It's not a good thing. He is totally worth more than me yelling at Him. But sometimes the best time that I've had with God is to yell at Him because then I'm passionate about it. Sometimes when I, when I pray to him, they're just empty and hollow. I'm praying because I'm going through the motions. But there are times when I've desperately needed him. Like when me and my wife have been on a, in a fight that I think has been so hurtful to our relationship, I don't know how to come back to it. And I'm yelling at God, telling him, why would you allow this to happen? How dare you? And I've even cussed at God in my prayers before, and I feel terrible about that. But it's because I don't know how to pray to him, and I want to get better at that. And then a lot of the times I just thought about, hey, I got this far in my life and I'm not dead, so why do I even need to pray to God? You know, when I was an atheist, I figured, you know, I haven't done it all this time and I haven't been struck by lightning or hit by a car or getting a, gotten attacked by a bear. Like, why start now? My life seems pretty good. You know, I've got a good house, you know, I, I at the time, and I've got some good friends, and why do I need it? So sometimes it was just like, I don't know why I should do it because things are going well for me. How do I start praying? When I finally figured out that I should probably talk to God because I believed he was there, I didn't know how to start. Like, do I say, hey, how you doing up there, big guy? <laughs> uh, what do I, call you? do I call you? Do I call you Jesus? Do I call you J-man, G-man, G-dog? You do name backwards as dog. God is backwards as dog. Did you know that? I didn't know how to start. Again, what do you call God? His name for himself is I am. What do you call that? Uh, I am. Sounds like a dog food. I'ms. You know? <laughs> I don't know how to talk to him. What do, what do, how do I start it out with? And then the hardest part for me is what if God doesn't hear it? That was the hardest part for me. What if God rejects? my my prayer? Or what if he doesn't answer it? What if he doesn't receive it? You ever send a text message to someone and it just doesn't get through? There's two types of text messages that don't get through. There's the ones that don't get through and the ones that don't get through, right? You know what you're talking about? Like, oh, I totally missed that you wanted me to come to your party. I was, you know, I was dead at the time or something. I don't know. And later on, you find their phone. You're like, it was right here. How dare you? And then there are actual text messages that don't go through. And sometimes they're very important you text message something that they need to know, the cellular service goes out, and it never gets through. And sometimes I feel like my prayers were like that. Is this like a bad connection? Is the Wi-Fi in this Starbucks so bad that God cannot get my prayer? Is that what it is? You know? Or if you've ever had a text message where you get a text message from someone, and it's really not meant for you. Like, I've gotten one where just like, dude, I hate that guy, Kyle. And they sent it to me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that guy's kind of a jerk. And like, I know, oh, crap. This is awkward now. I was like, yes, it is. (laughs) It's very awkward. Does God receive mixed signals from me? Do I tell him one thing and he actually receives something else from me because of how I am? Are God and I on the same page? Most of the time, that's a no. And sometimes in our prayer life, we're not on the same page with what we're trying to communicate. We have something with God we need to deal with and communicate to him. And instead, we come to him with something completely different. Sometimes when we mean to say one thing in prayer, when we need desperately to talk about something that's happening in our life with God, we will pretend like it's good, and we will ask for something different, or we just won't talk to God about that because we want to hide it. And sometimes what we need to say in prayer is not something we actually say. I've got a video for this, since I love showing videos. And there are lots of great prayer videos. You ready, Anthony? That's Anthony. Hi, Anthony. Good to see you, Anthony. Good job. All right. right before we begin since this is aunt bethany's 80th christmas i think she should lead us in the saying of grace oh great what dear great she passed away thirty years ago. <laughs> they want you to say grace. The blessing. Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands.
1: One nation, indivisible,
0: with liberty and justice for all. Amen. 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 (laughs) I've always wanted to do that in a prayer, because like I always get invited over to my family's house, and I try to say no, but I have to go all the time. And so some of them like make fun of what I do. And so I've always wanted to like say the pledge of allegiance at like my dad's house or something like that or he's just like, can "You pray like that?" I'd be like, "Oh yeah, we do it all the time in church. That's how church people are, dad. We say pledge of allegiance in the church." It's great. Sometimes we even when we're, we're supposed to say one thing to God, we say something completely different. And I don't know why we do this. You know, for me sometimes I just don't want to talk to God about something. I don't want to say what's actually on my heart and I don't want to actually reveal to him, which is kind of stupid because he knows it anyways. What's going on in my life? But again, we need to talk to those things. We need to talk to God about those things. But as I've been trying to tell you the last couple weeks is that prayer is more than just talking. Prayer is receiving things from God, and the Bible has a lot to say about that. Is in, in times, uh, in fact, a lot of times, prayer was going out, fasting, and just receiving God's word, being with him. Now, if you want to learn anything, especially about God, what's the best person or who's the best person to turn to? Who do you think? Of all the people in the Bible, who is the best person to learn about God from? Not a trick question. Starts with J and ends with Isis. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Or Jesus. Jesus is the best guy to learn from on just about any topic. In fact, in every topic. Because if you didn't know it, God and Jesus are the same person. If you didn't know that, I'm telling you that now. If you've never heard that in church, Jesus and God are the same. They're different persons, but they're the same. It's one of those paradoxes in Scripture we can't—we just can't deal with, so deal with it however you'd like to. But Jesus has a lot to say about prayer, and most of them are small. Most of the times you hear him talking about prayer, it's hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, not as it is in heaven, etc." with bread and pancakes and all that stuff up here, you know? In the Bible, you can look it up, in the book of Jeff, chapter 4. <clears throat> so a lot of the times we hear that, But in the Gospel of John, Jesus has this very long prayer, and Jesus is praying for three groups of people, himself, believers, and non-believers. And it is this beautiful prayer about what Jesus says, and in this prayer, I think we get what God wants from us, especially in terms of our prayer life. And so I'm going to read it to you in just a second, and it is very long. And I'm going to do my best to get through it pretty quickly. And we're going to talk a little bit about it. But again, Jesus is the best person to learn from in all aspects of it. So let's look at one of his prayers, a very long one in the Gospel of John, and see what he's after. What would Jesus want? And now I want you to think as we look at this prayer, because he uses some complicated words in there. He talks about God and him being the same, but being different. And I don't want you to dwell on that stuff. I want you to talk, uh, think about two groups of people. Jesus talks about people who are followers of him and people who will yet to be followers of him. Because everyone in this room is in one of those two categories. Not all of you are followers of him yet, and I'll explain what I mean by that. So I want you to think in terms of that as I read this. It's all going to be up on the screen for you. So if you have your Bibles, you can do that. If not, it's all going to be up on the screen for you. It is John chapter 17, verse 1 to 25. So Jesus said these things. Then raising his eyes in prayer, he said, Father, it's time. It the bright splendor of your Son, so the Son in turn may show your bright splendor. You put him in charge of everything human so that he might give real and eternal life to all in his charge. And this is the real eternal life, that they know you, God the Father, the one and only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. Now these are all red letters, meaning this entire thing that I'm reading is all just Jesus' words. There's no other people talking in this. I glorified you on earth by completing down to the last detail what you assigned me to do. And now, Father, glorify me with your very own splendor, the very splendor I had in your presence before there was a world. I spelled out your character in detail, meaning I told the people about you, to the men and women you gave me. They were yours in the first place, then you gave them to me, and and, and they have now done what you said. They know now, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that everything you gave me is firsthand from you. For the message you gave me, I gave them. And they took it and were convinced that I came from you. So Jesus is talking about his ministry, and he's talking about being sent by God the Father. And he's saying there are people on this earth who have accepted that message. They believe that you sent me, and I pray for them. I'm not praying for the God-rejecting world, but for those you gave me, for they are yours by right. Everything mine is yours and yours is mine, and my life is on display in them. For I no longer am going to be visible in this world. They'll continue to be in the world while I return to you. So Jesus, right after this prayer section, is going to be betrayed in Gethsemane. Judas is going to betray him, and he's no longer going to be visible, as he says. He's going to the cross. And so this is kind of his last prayer to the disciples and to the world. So he's trying to tell them that, hey, God the Father has sent me, and there are some of you who have accepted me, and I'm going to pray for you first. Holy Father, guard them. He's talking about the people who believe in him. The people who have accepted God's message, he says, guard them. Father, guard them as they pursue this life that you conferred as a gift through me, so that they can be one heart and mind, remember that, and as we are one heart and mind. As long as I was with them, I guarded them in the pursuit of the life you gave through me. I even posted a night watch not one of them got away except for the rebel bent on destruction. He's talking about Judas who would betray him. Now I'm returning to you. I'm saying these things in the world's hearing so my people can experience my joy completed in them. I gave them your word. The godless world hated them because of it and because they didn't join the world's ways just as I didn't join the world's ways. I'm not asking that you take them out of this world but that you guard them from the evil one. That's the second time Jesus has said guard. Anytime scripture repeats something, you should take note of it because he's, he's making a point here. They are no more defined, meaning the people who believe in Jesus, than I am defined by the world. Make them holy, consecrated with the truth. Your word is consecrating truth. which means growth and spiritual. In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. I'm consecrating myself for their sake so they'll be truth consecrated in their own mission. I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me. So that whole first part, Jesus is talking about people who believe in me, I just prayed for. Now I'm going to pre- pray for the people who have yet to accept my message. And so that's some of you in this room. So in the same way you gave me a mission in this world, I give them a the mission in the world. Uh, I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. The goal is for all of them to become one heart and mind. Again, that's the third time he said one heart and mind just as you, Father, are in me and I am in you, so that they might be one heart and mind with us. Then the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. The same glory you gave me, I gave them. So they'll be as unified and together as we are. So God, again, is talking about being unified. I and them and you and me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence that you sent me and love them in the same way you've loved me. Father, I want those you gave me to be with me right where I am. So they can see my glory, the splendor you gave me, having loved me long before there ever was a world. Righteous Father, the world has never known you, but I've known you. And these disciples know that you sent me on this mission. So that is a lot of scripture. And if you don't understand all the stuff that's going on, let me help you a little bit. Jesus is about to be not visible anymore. He's giving this last charge in prayer. He's about to leave, meaning he's going to be crucified and he's going to go down to hell, if you didn't know this, and he's going to preach the gospel there, and he's going to be in the tomb for three days, and he's going to be resurrected. And during that time, the disciples are going to scatter, and they're going to be hurt because their Lord has gone. And so Jesus is praying for those who believe, and he's praying for the disciples. He's praying for everyone who believes in Jesus. He's saying, look, God, you need to guard them and protect them. And then there's a second group of people, the people that don't know Jesus yet. He wants them to believe. But who does he entrust that mission to? Do you know who it is? It's not to Jesus, because Jesus isn't going to be walking around anymore. He he trusts it to the disciples. You're right. So Jesus prays for the first group of people, his disciples. God, protect them. And then he prays for the second group of people. God, I hope my disciples give this message to the people who don't know about me. And I also praise to glorify Himself. So, what should we take away from this? Okay. Jesus wants those. Click to edit master textiles. Isn't that sweet? (laughs) It's very deep. I wrote that personally. Click to edit master textiles, second level, third level, fourth level, fifth level. It's so deep, I can't even explain what that means. I swear, PowerPoint sometimes, I even deleted all that stuff. It messes with, I think it messes with my sermons int- intentionally sometimes. So Jesus wants those who give the good news of Jesus to be protected. Why would we need protection? Why would we need protection? What? Because Rome isn't safe? It's bigger than that. Who's prowling around on the planet? Satan is, of course he is. You see, there's, some, there's a war going on in the background that has been going on for a long time. Satan has hated God for a long time. And he has been prowling around on the planet for a long time. And now the height of this spiritual war is going to come very soon here because Jesus is going to go ahead and defeat Satan in a couple days here. And so what happens is Jesus is saying, look, God, you need to protect the people that believe in me because ish is going to get bad. He doesn't actually say that, unless in the Hebrew they say that, and I don't think so. Or in the Greek. I don't know if they have the Greek word for ish. But it's going to get bad. For the people that know Jesus, it's going to get bad. And it's going to get bad now, too. But the only reason it's going to get bad is if you're doing something. You have to be doing something to need protection. The people that Satan aren't afraid of are people that do nothing in the name of Jesus. They do nothing. There's no reason for him to attack them. They're not doing anything for his name anyways. The people that Jesus is praying for are Christians that in the name of Jesus go out and fight the enemy. By spreading the word, the good news of Jesus, by feeding the homeless, by caring for people that others would just cast aside, by being a light to this world, which is such a dark place, Jesus says, you guys need protection because when you show the world who I am, the world's going to hate you and the world's going to hurt you and Satan is going to visit you through people and temptation and things. He's going to waste your time with meaningless things. He's going to divide your conversation and your family. He's going to put friends in your life that tear you away from Christ. You're darn right you're going to need protection. You're going to need every protection you can get because the devil is very good at what he does. All he does is destroy and lie and divide Christians. So that's the first group of people Jesus talks about. You're going to need protection because when you do something in my name, Satan will notice you. You will immediately show up on his radar. And part of that you should wear kind of as a badge of pride. If you are getting spiritually attacked, you're doing something good. And even if you never do ministry, there are a couple of times in your life where you'll get spiritually attacked. One, we get married because Satan doesn't, doesn't like married. Two, when you read your Bible, whether or not you go to church. Three, you tell someone else about Jesus. Those are the ones that come off the top of my head. Anytime you do those things, hopefully you only do the marriage thing once, but anytime you do those things, unless it's the second, third time, Satan's like, whatever, go ahead, I know it's not going to work out. <laughs> it's right, it's, it's totally true. Once you get to more than a couple marriages, you know, you, you hope that those work out. But it's almost at that point Satan goes, you're not going to change. I'm not worried about you anymore. He's worried about the people who are married once and try to stay in marriage. That's the people he's concerned about. So the thing is, we need protection. If we're truly doing something for God's kingdom, and you're truly doing something in Jesus' name, you need protection. If you don't, don't worry about it. You're not doing anything for God anyways. You don't need protection. You're fine, in quotation marks. The second group of people he's talking about is the people that don't know him. He's praying that those people have ears to hear, to listen to the message. That was my problem for the longest time. Is I, had, I had ears physically. Everyone's got ears, you know, unless you're born without them. But everyone's got ears. Listening and hearing are very different. Being open to a message and hearing it are very different. And so God is saying to the second group of people, he's like, I pray for those people who don't know me that they will listen to the people who are coming in my name, that they will listen to the disciples, that they will be open to hearing the good news of me. Because those kind of people need prayer too. Satan is going to work all sorts of his magic on them. He's going to do his best to keep them away from Christians to hear the good news. He's going to do his best that even when those people are in church, they don't receive the message. He's going to do his best to keep them away from any good influence in their life to move them from bad things to good things. Those people need prayer badly because those are the people that the first group of people have to go to. The first group of people need protection because they need to go to the second group of people and tell them about Jesus. And this is God's prayer. This is Jesus Christ's prayer for the world. And then on top of that, if that's not enough, that you need protection and you need to open your ears so you can hear the good news, the main important part that God talks about a lot through Jesus Christ is unity. How many people have been in a dating relationship? Okay. How many people have liked someone and they have not liked you back? Okay. Okay. Talk about not being on the same page. Here's a very example. Here's an example. You ever liked someone and you're to a point where you're in that awkward phase of okay, either we're just going to be friends or i got to say something, okay? You're in that awkward phase. You get up the courage to finally, you know, have coffee with them, go out on a date or something like that, and you like them, and you're kind of ready to have the conversation and move it to the next level, okay? You're talking to them, and I don't know if you've ever had this conversation where they kind of know where this is going, and they kind of beat you to the punch and say something different, where you're just like, you know, you're thinking in your head, I totally think we should date. And this other person is thinking, I totally think, and you're at the same time, you're like, I totally think we should just be friends. You're totally right. Just be friends. Absolutely. You're thinking we should totally date, and that other person spits out, we should just be friends. And you have one of two things. You cry immediately and leave. Or you're like, oh, that, that's a great idea. That's a totally good idea. That's what I was going for the whole time. That's what the roses are here for, and that's why I paid for this state, <laughs> And that's why I've been writing you love notes for, like, the past 10 years. It's totally fine. Friends, friends, friends are great. Friends are great. It's a good choice by you, friends. I was going to say friends, like, 10 years ago. Could have saved me a lot of time and money. <laughs> Talk about not being on the same page, right? <clears throat> and that could be for another, a, a number of instances. But the thing that is always hard, especially in churches and especially with Christians, is when we're not on the same page. It's hard for us to think about one thing as a Christian and another Christian think about something completely different. And what I'm saying by that is sometimes it's hard for churches and Christians to get on the same page of what God's plan is. Do you think God has like multiple plans and multiple different directions that require totally different things? No. No. God's plan may require different people. And they may initially think look like they're going in the different direction, but God has a plan and he sticks to it. And it happens. So when Jesus is talking about, I pray that they're in one mind, in one spi- in spirit, to be one in body and mind and spirit, he's asking for us in Christians, look, you've got to pray to God and you've got to get on God's plan. You've got to understand what God wants. The problem is when we pray, we pray for all these different things. God's plan's right here, and we want to go this way, or that way, or this way, or that way. And he's telling us as Christians, is like, hey, if you really love me, and you really want to follow me, I've already got something. You need to come on board with what that is. And that's how you know that your prayer life is working. Part of it, your prayer life is working, is when two Christians come together, and sometimes they're in different parts of the world. It's great to see this. Different parts of the world come together, they are in the same room, and all of a sudden, they meet with each other, and it just clicks. See, this happened all the time, where this guy's like, man, I really need a well dug in Nigeria, and I've been praying for this for a long time, and this other guy goes, man, I'd really love to go to some place where I could dig a well and help some people, and God brings them correctly together, and you're just like, oh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) oh, that's the only sound I can make, because I'm like, this is so awesome. This is so awesome! Those people are praying for God's will to be done, and you bet your butt, he will bring them together and it will happen. He works like that. But we've got to ask for ourselves to be on his plan, not ours. Because too often, we pray for our own things, and God's trying to tell you, look, i got a plan, here's what I'm trying to communicate, here's another person or thing that you can accomplish that plan for, and we're praying something, and we're not getting it, and that opportunity passes us by. And we have lost an opportunity to help someone, to help God's plan, or to do something valuable for his kingdom. And so Jesus is emphatically stating, look, please, if you're a true follower of me, when you guys all pray to me, and you all become one mind and one body and one spirit, and you direct your prayer life to what I want, you guys will be unified and when you're unified, you, you will be amazed at the things that God can accomplish through you. But when we pray for our own selfish things, nothing gets done. And that's when God says no most of the time. No. I will not do that for you because I've got a bigger plan. Get on my plan. And I know it's hard to hear. But the great thing is, is when you do God's plan, you get way more blessings than you would prior to that. Great. So I don't know which group you're in, the first one or the second one, whether you're a Christian right now and you're doing the things God wants you to do. If you're doing that, great. But you're going to need protection. If you haven't prayed for that, you need to. Because the time is coming, you're going to need it. If you're in the second group, and even if you're in church right now, and you've been coming a long time, you might still be in the second group. You might not be following Jesus. Because when you follow Jesus, your life looks radically different from those around you even from other church members sometimes. So I don't know what category you're in, the first one or the second one, but whether you're in the first or the second, you need to pray for the fact that you need to get on God's plan. You need to be unified in that. I'm going to pray for us in a second. Colton and the band is going to come up, and we're going to do something a bit different. Let me pray for us real quick, and we'll explain what that is. Father, we're grateful for your scripture, and it was long. It was a long scripture, Lord. For some people in this room, that's more scripture than they've read in a month. know well, that's okay. Well, we just pray that you give them the desire to want to get into your word more. To hear the words that you, God of the universe, the master of all things, the creator, the spoken word who, when you speak, things come into being. That you decided, hey, I'm going to write some words down so my people can hear me. We pray these, these words penetrate our hearts. And Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit fills this place tonight. Wherever we are, Lord, whether we're a Christ follower for 10 years or whether we're itching to be one. Lord, that you come to us tonight and you help us understand who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So the thing we're going to do a little differently tonight is if you notice there are three awesome places with candles. Please don't knock them over and and burn this place down. That'd be good. There is a couple things you can do. There's communion. i highly encourage you to take it. If you don't know how to take it, uh, ask one of the people around it and they will help you with that. I'd like to take communion together, if possible, so it doesn't mean we all have to do it at the same time, but you can go there and, uh, and take it. There are places for prayer requests there. If you feel like you want prayer from us and, and, and you want someone to pray with you, we're going to be there. Myself and some of the coaches, we're going to stand behind there. If you want prayer today and if you want to accept Jesus for the first time, we want to pray with you. If you want to realign your plan to God's plan, we will help you with that. Now, if you feel uncomfortable praying with someone today, you can write your prayer on one of those pieces of paper. You can put it in the basket. And I will personally pray for that later. That's my pledge to you. Take as much time as you need. Pray for as long as you want to. Um, We need it. So let me pray for us one more time. And at any time during this song, you can get up and go to any one of these prayer stations. You can ask for prayer and you can take communion. Father God, we can never pray too much. Lord, we just pray that uh, you come into this place. You give the students what they need, not what they want. Lord, you just convict our hearts. that, Lord, it is is okay to be foolish for you. It is okay to receive prayer. It doesn't make them a bad person. Lord, I just pray these students come to you. Not to me, not to the coaches, but that they come because they want to know you more. And Lord, it's more than the, just the atmosphere. It's more than the music. It's more than the candles. It's more than the dim light that puts us into the mood of this. Lord, it is a God who has put himself before us and who says, I want to I be with you. Lord, I pray we take your hand today and we let you carry us In Jesus' name, amen.